Warning. What you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. If only this Halloween would end. (laughs) I don't even want to talk about this fucking movie. I watched it for a second time, and it wasn't... This is such a weird issue, because it's like, does it bother me that this is the conclusion to a trilogy, and it's not really as satisfying as I hoped, or maybe it's not as linear as I'd wanted? Or is it like really that terrible of a movie? And I'm still not sure. That's what's amazing about this movie. It's all over the place. Is that you why, don't know what's going on. That's why it's brilliant. Because it was such a hard... It's like it reinvented the art of the hard left turn creatively. I don't know if it's brilliant, but I, I just had a good time. <sighs> With right. what? We'll get into that. We're not there yet. Yeah, I had we a good time even... with a couple of things, but... Yeah. Overall, I was just like, huh? And, <laughs> and even more so than Halloween Kill. At least Halloween Kills had the just some of the roller coaster fun time. Hey, that's the stuff I like. Yeah. Well, we'll talk all about it. Yeah. But first. But first, this is the Craftsman Movie Hour here on the Home Depot Podcast Network. We're talking power tools and movies featuring power tools. Specifically, movies (laughs) from 1998 featuring drills. What? What movie is from 1998 featuring drills? Oh, there's so many. There's a whole list, Keith. We're going to get into all of them. We are? Yeah, different types of drills. Power drills, hand drills. I was you just know, kidding. Big industrials just... We don't, oh, I don't think no. we have time for that today. Well, the other stuff can go away. I don't care about fucking Halloween, trash any of that stuff. That's We're not true. T- okay. Hi, everyone. This is the Trash Sheep Podcast. I'm Elliot, and that's Keith. And we're doing our annual thing, trash <laughs> That's our annual thing. Where we talk about the same movies... We talk about the rest of the year, but we just pretend like it's different. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different angle, and that's about it. No, but we're going to talk about... Imagine looking at the same window, but like just moving two feet to the right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're going to talk about Halloween-related uh, movies, movies we've watched that we want to recommend, and then we're going to talk about Halloween movies themselves, and I mean like Michael Myers. No, Halloween. we're just going to talk about Halloween Ends because that's the big... Wait, I watched I watched other Halloween movies because you said you wanted to wa- talk about them. Yeah, but now we don't have time. Oh, my God. I watched Halloween Resurrection for nothing. I didn't tell you to watch that. that no, absolutely, that movie never came up in a single time. Well, I watched, uh, ho- I watched uh, Halloween H2O, which I have not seen since it came out, I don't think. Maybe it's I've a seen very it nicely made film. Yeah, and then I was like, I've the only, the only Halloween movies that I have never seen, are the second Rob Zombie one, Ugh. and uh, Halloween Resurrection. So I was like, you know what? I'll just watch Halloween Resurrection, and I did it. And you know what? It was not good, but frankly, also wasn't as bad as people said. No, and I will say there's some flourishes of brilliance, like looking at Michael Myers in the house through those can- like early digital cameras. Kind of cool. Has like, know, a, like but... a vibe to it. Like I think that would be sort of like imagine if they retooled it and it was more geared towards like ghost hunters who stumble upon Michael Myers like living in a sewer system or something. That'd yeah, be I mean, cool it, visually. This show, this movie felt way more like a Jason Voorhees movie than a Michael Myers movie. Yeah, and it also but... has almost no story, almost no significance. It's literally yeah. like. How how little can we do with everything and just shoehorn Michael Myers into like a situation? Which I do love funny. the opening though. I, I was gonna the say the opening fantastic. is actually like really solid, you know. Everyone harps on that. It's like, oh, the the death of Laurie Strode and that is like it's cheap and she deserved better and all that I I thought it was weird and cool that Michael returns to uh uh mental hospital. 
to finish her off. She's sort of ready with a trap. It doesn't go well. And then he's like, Welp, done with all the killing. Here you go, mental patient. Here's my knife. I'm going home, I guess. Yeah. And then the only reason he starts killing again is because he finds people hanging out in his house. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like the, I like the opening quite a bit. And, uh, I also think it did like, that was probably the best explanation you could have for why he's still alive after getting his head chopped off, uh, in the last one. So I think they did a pretty good job with that, you know, overall, um, without him being like him being supernatural, which they don't really allude to in these ones, dispatch. But anyway, I digress. I'm okay, but I am interested, Keith, before we get into Halloween ends. Ugh. Not, not, I'm not even like making that sound towards the movie. I'm just making that sound towards uh, the discussion of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything you've watched recently that you want to recommend for any last minute Halloween viewing? Uh, there's a bunch of great shit on Shudder. Uh, go watch it. You can watch all kinds of stupid shit that you've never, like video store 80s shit that I've never heard of. And you can just tell by the artwork and stuff. And the year, it says the year it came out, you know? Mm-hmm. You know when you look at a movie on streaming and it says, here's the year it came out. All you have to do right. is look at that and you'll be like, whoa, look at that. Wow. Yeah. I also caught this movie called uh, Dead Stream. Mm-hmm. You heard of this one? It sounds vaguely familiar, but it also sounds very generic. So I don't know if I've heard of it specifically or if it just sounds like something that I've heard of. Yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of generic, but also kind of not. And I think uh, younger audiences, Zoomers, as they're called, Generation Z, kids who grew up with YouTube and shit like that, and YouTubers and influencers, they'll probably like it a lot. It's okay. about like a disgraced internet personality who he tries to to win back the viewing public by live streaming a night alone in a haunted house and obviously that doesn't go so well as you can imagine but uh he does funny stuff like he's like oh i don't want to be able to get out of here so i'm gonna lock myself in and throw the key into a sewer or i'm gonna take the spark plugs out of my car and throw them in a throw them in the woods so i can't back out it's kind of funny. And he's got cameras like taped to every inch of his body and then in a variety of places around this haunted house and stuff. And he names the cameras all kinds of funny names and things like that. At one point, he uh, tapes a GoPro to a Slim Jim and then he names it Beef Cam, which I got a good chuckle <laughs> out of. Yeah, right? There you go. So, uh, so Deadstream. Is this movie like a self-aware movie? Like it knows it's a silly premise or... Yeah, it's a it's a humorous movie. Okay. My only other recommendation, and it's the same recommendation I gave last year, is Scare Me from 2020. Oh, I, I didn't like that. I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. It's about two writers who are stuck up in the hills in a cabin uh, just telling each other stories. And I thought it was pretty funny. And I was very surprised with how well a very stripped-down, simple premise was executed. I had very low expectations for the idea, and I thought it was pretty solid. See, I thought the idea was pretty good. I just wasn't a fan of what I was watching so much. That's hilarious. Total reversal of roles there. Yeah. So I got a couple. Oh, uh, you do? I, yeah, well, I do. Why don't you hold on a second? Let's let's try this again. Well, Elliot, it's too bad you didn't like scare me. Did you have any recommendations, you piece of shit? Uh, yeah, I do, Keith. <laughs> I got a couple. Mr. Know-It-All. Mr. I-Know-All-The-Movies. I've seen, I don't know, how about Maniac Cop 3, Badge of Silence. S- I've only seen the first Maniac Cop, so the joke is on you. I think two is Badge of Silence, but who cares? Whatever, yeah. I've only seen the first one. So, yeah, I watched uh, the movie Vamp for Ooh. the first time. Ooh. Have you ever seen that one? With um Grace Jones. I haven't seen it. It's in in its entirety. Mm-hmm. I was still shocked to discover that this is essentially the the premise of From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, it's very similar. You know, like I mean, there's no like like a criminals on the run, but yeah, people at a bar or a strip club in this scenario that turns out to be a place to lure in 
traps because everybody who works at the strip club is a uh, vampire. Yeah, well, it's it's normally uh, Quentin Tarantino is somebody who kind of hides his source material, like the the stuff that he cribs for his own projects, pretty well. But mm-hmm. in this case, it's like. Uh, and I think actually uh, Bob Kurtzman actually came up with the idea for the story, but it's it's basically like the first half of the movie is one thing, and then they just tacked it onto the premise of Vamp, and that yeah. came from Dust Till Dawn. I liked it. It was I wouldn't say it's like an all time classic, but it's like kind of close. You know, it's got a lot of charm and character, and it's goofy in the right ways, and. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's not, it's definitely going for a kind of like a Fright Night vibe and it's not quite there, but it's pretty good. And it's, there's some funny things in it, you know, that are things about it. Like there's, so it's a pretty, I would say kind of, it's not like cheap looking, but it's a lower budget movie, obviously. Um, and like, it's not as big of a budget as like aforementioned uh, Fright Night or some other stuff. And but it's funny because there's actually some big names that worked on it because of Grace Jones. Right. So Grace Jones was in the movie. She's like, I want to be in this movie. And then she she wears this. Uh, she has like this elaborate body paint on her, like with all these des- intricate designs and stuff. And it was designed by like the artist Keith Haring because they were friends. And then she does a dance on this big kind of like throny type chair that was made out of a body cast of Dolph Lundgren because she was dating Dolph Lundgren at the time. So there's some weird behind the scenes stuff like that. And it's just kind of fun. I don't know. It's check it out. It's definitely worth watching. Did Francis like it? Not as much as me, <laughs> um, but she, th- she didn't think it was bad by any means. And then my next recommendation is going to be kind of a general recommendation too. I was thinking about like, I was just kind of like skimming through stuff and I was coming across stuff like Juon and The Grudge and whatnot. I was thinking about that's what we always, when you say Asian horror, people are usually referring to Japanese movies from the late 90s, early 2000s. Juon, Audition, The Grudge. The Grudge and Juon are actually the same movie. Uh, Ringu. Etc. And then sometimes maybe there's Korean stuff like A Tale of Two Sisters. But then I was thinking about all like the martial arts horror movies from the 80s. Like Samuel Hung's Encounters of the Spooky Kind or The Dead and the Deadly. Ching Ling Yam's Mr. Vampire. A Chinese Ghost Story. And I was like, if you want something a little goofier, not goofier, but just kind of like um, a little bit more fun. Lively. Energetic, Lively. kinetic. Exactly, exactly. Read a fucking I, book, man. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I watch all these foreign movies with subtitles. It's kind of like reading. You spend too much time at work with these potato heads. That's true. Um, no, but I was saying, like, throw, throw those into the mix this year. Why not? You don't need to watch The Ring again. And you can even just turn off the sound and have it play, like, just for the purely on a visual level. So if you oh, want yeah. to put on music or like chat with your friends or whatever, you can just have the visuals playing and it's pretty cool. I would say it's particularly ones I would recommend are Encounters of the Spooky Kind and Mr. Vampire. Those are two of my favorites and they're tremendous entertainment. Great, like great visuals, as you just said. Funny. Yeah, I love it when there's like a spirit character and they open up a giant cloak and there's either like an impossible number of like souls or ghosts in there, or there's just like oh, a yeah. bunch of weird looking animals. I love that. Shit. Um, and, uh, the encounters of the spooky kind actually has my favorite wizard fight between two wizards of any movie ever. So give that, a, give that, a, a watch. And, uh, also, you know, we just mentioned it on the show. We did an episode on it, the seventh curse, but that would be a great one to watch too. If you're like, if you want to try something a little different this year. So, do those. Yeah, do them. Okay, you want to talk about Halloween now? Uh, Yeah, for sure. Halloween ends. The conclusion of the new Michael Myers trilogy. Now let's preface this real quick because beyond the original Halloween, there's certainly a fair criticism to be had for every single sequel in the series. They're all a bunch of head scratchers for one reason or another. Some have their highlights. And others have no highlights. And others have little or nothing to do with anything at all. But on a long enough timeline, I'd argue that Halloween 6 is starting to look pretty good. 
And even a movie like Halloween H2O, which is the first attempt at a direct sequel to the original Halloween, is a pretty classy picture by any stretch of the imagination at this point. Yeah, I would say like uh, I like Halloween H2O. It's good. It, it, it just kind of, I don't know, like you said, it's very competently made. All the pieces are there. There's just something that kind of falls slightly flat about it. Yeah, there's not a ton of magic to it. But I, I'd say yeah. in the way that... Uh, the Lori Strode character is coping with her uh, oh, yeah. post-traumatic stress and everything is pretty good. And it's actually like a very um, affectionate treatment for the characters and for the material. I would say it's also like a more, a more relatable one than what we get in uh, the these new David Gordon Green directed and written movies, which I'm not necessarily saying that's a criticism that it's more the, the 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 PTSD is more extreme in these new ones. I'm just saying it is more relatable to most people, I think. Yeah, and I think that's a dis- important distinction to make is because you see that difference now that we're addressing like kind of the same issue. It's like one has sort of affection and reverence for the character and is like this character suffered, but like the way I wrote this is like I still wanted them to look a certain way and feel a certain way because I obviously this has you know means a lot to me and then in the right. other it was like no we want to do this realistic like what would happen if this really happened so it's yeah. less of a creative license and more of a I'm going to portray this like as a matter of factly as possible I think both directions have their merits it's just all about execution you know yeah definitely speaking of execution what did what what's your what's your like one uh line hot take takeaway review of Halloween ends? Halloween ends lost me in second one. Second one? <laughs> they didn't the movie didn't even start. It literally is the fucking audio that's playing over the logo. Uh the universal logo or whatever. And oh, it yeah, is what, it's a fucking is, guy on a radio station. In the right. year of our Lord, 2022, there is a man... Well, actually, that scene that scene takes place in 2019. Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter <laughs> what fucking year it is. I'm just saying. It is the future in which yeah. no one is listening to the radio, and radio stations are trimming a lot of fat and cutting back and firing people because they're not making a ton of money. And they're... You're, you expect me to believe that some kind of, like independent like hut radio station in the middle of Haddonfield is like surviving and thriving like get the fuck that, out of it's, here it's it's not that guy's the last holdout he's the owner of the building and the station and on top of that he's the host and he only has one employee yeah which means so, his his business model is extremely fragile and so he probably can't even afford to pay himself I don't. I don't he's, buy it. He, I hate it. He's just. He's hanging on to that last thread, you know. He's like the guy who still has. Uh, I don't know. I, I had. I didn't have anything when I started. That's talking. fine. I like the. I like as a vibe and as a sort of narrative tool. I love the radio DJ as the like a, a exposition dump like or the, as like a narrator or whatever. Like I thought it worked in the midnight hour i thought it worked in scary stories to tell in the dark it even worked in the sections of halloween six here i don't like it at all i don't normally complain about this but there is a very intentional use and lack of cell phone use it's like cell phones exist when we want them to and in other cases they are don't aren't a thing at all and it's not even a thing where it's like, oh, I'm not getting service. It's just no. It's we like we forgot in. we had phones. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, no thanks. Yeah. So those um, are two stupid things that I can think of right off the top of my head. That that lost me immediately. So your your your, your one line review is too many radio DJs and not enough cell phones. Yeah. More <laughs> more texting. <laughs> I I will say though the uh, cold open is certainly thrilling and 
as far as playing with expectations and sending you in a different directions, I think it succeeds. Cause when the, the, we smash cut to the fucking title of the movie, I had no idea where we were going after that. Yeah. I had no idea where we were going like through like minute to minute. Like, you know, the, the movie's two, uh, two, two thirds over and I'm still not sure exactly what's going on. Yeah. Even when characters um, are driving to a new location, I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where to now? My quick uh, one-line review before we get into, like, spoiler territory and, like, start ripping it up more is I think I liked it a lot. Yeah. I think I loved it. I Yeah, I think I loved this movie, but not necessarily for any of the reasons that were intentional. Yeah, it seems intention was the name of the game. Like, this movie intended to do something, and we all kind of missed it. Yeah. I think even they, people that liked it sort of liked it unbeknownst to themselves like right through no fault of their own they just accidentally liked it and then the people that hate it and want to you know sign a petition to get it reshot and everything i think they actually are accidentally hating it a little too much oh for sure so yeah like from here on out spoilers but so if you haven't watched the movie and you don't want to be spoiled go watch it and then you can listen to this the main criticism i have heard about this movie is that it doesn't have enough Michael Myers in it. And there's all these people on the internet saying like, Michael Myers is only in it for this much, blah, 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 this much, and yada, yada, screen time, blah, blah, blah. These are the same people who, you know, allegedly worship the first one on an altar. And Michael Myers is in that movie for about two minutes, visibly on screen for about two minutes. But he you know, is, in, in their defense, you know, sometimes people don't know how to translate their thoughts and feelings very well sure. to words. In that movie, I think he is far more well distributed. I agree with that. It's all about execution. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, like a lot of times I just feel that people are just saying things because they love a movie because they think they're supposed to love it. And like, yeah. particularly horror fans or like genre fans, you know, it's like, I, I'm i not allowed to not love this movie. So therefore I have to say this is the greatest horror movie ever made. And then if something doesn't meet my expectations or doesn't give me more of the same, or if it gives me too much of the same and not enough new, it's like kind of like the... Uh, constant worship of what came before and the constant disappointment of what's to come with movies like this. Sometimes you are talking about the cultural impact they had when they were released. You know, I remember as yeah. a kid hearing about the exorcist, you know, the original one. I mean, it's funny because we were just talking about the exorcist prequels last episode, but, and I love, don't, and I'm not, I'm just, I love the first exorcist movie. So get that out of the way. But I remember hearing about it and, you know, adults talking about it and how it's supposed to be the scariest movie ever made. And my dad talking about like how after he saw it, after he got back from Vietnam and then but he slept with the lights on, you know, the night that he saw it or something. And I was just like, you just got back from Vietnam and like, you, you know, like this was the movie that's and then you got scared by a movie about a exorcism. So like it's built up in my mind so heavily, right, that this is going to be a, like an impossibly scary movie like that it's going to be like watching the hand of god come down and sentence you to uh eternal damnation you know somehow this movie has captured that feeling so it has all this mystique around it right and i watch it and i was like not scared at all you know and then but like then you have to think about in this context too one i wasn't raised catholic or religious at all i've never been to church a lot of people who saw that movie were by the time I saw this movie, so much of it had been parodied to the ends of the earth, you know? like Yeah, I'd we seen... probably saw scenes from Repossessed before we actually watched The Exorcist. Of course. I've seen, like, someone's head spin around and barf a million times in, like, jokes movies before I ever saw, or TV shows, before I ever saw The Actual Exorcist, you know? So that impact is important. Of, of something that when it first came out is sometimes impossible to achieve to a, a secondary audience you know, that comes 20, 30, 40 years down the road. Yeah, and I think uh, you're onto something, though. I think the, the sort of misunderstanding of the audience in terms of translating what their displeasure or what they're upset about is critical here. And I think the big thing was this series was on a trajectory pointing towards a showdown. And sort of a finale yeah. between these two rival characters in Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, right? And, you know, the fallout 
of their relationship had reached like critical mass, right? With Lori's essentially half of her family getting slaughtered in, in the modern day after all of her friends and whoever else getting murdered and, uh, you know, back in, in high school and everything. And, you know, Michael Myers had been attacked by nearly the entire town, right? But it was sort of like this, this like thermonuclear reaction was about to occur and it was all right. going to come down on Michael Myers. And then what we got was sort of just sidestepped around all that. Well, so I your expectations this... were set. You were going right. to be disappointed. <laughs> but but here's the thing. My expectations was that, and I was kind I mean, like, this movie is all over the place. Like I said, I, I, I think I love it, but not necessarily for its intended reasons. But that was my expectation, and I was kind of glad we didn't get that because – that was kind of the first movie in this trilogy, the 2018 Halloween. You know, it's just all leading up to this big showdown. We have the big showdown. Michael's placed this elaborate trap, seemingly dead, like, of course he's not, etc. Which we get a lot more finality of whether or not he's dead in this one. Because, you know, like in most of these movies, you don't actually see him die. You know, it's like, oh, he's in a basement and it's on, the basement's on fire and he can't get out because he's in a cage. He's, of course, he's going to die, but then doesn't, etc. Um, so I'm glad that we got something different that took a wild swing, even if that swing misses a lot. Like, at least it wasn't just rehashing that last movie we saw, you know, in 2018. I guess not the or second to last movie. I wonder if people felt the same way about uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Hmm. Probably not as strongly because you no. get like you get a showdown. But then, yeah. you know, Jason gets killed by a child which you know, right. I imagine a lot of people were like, wait a second. And then he sort of, they allude to, you know, something continuing, like the kid becoming the killer or whatever. And then obviously right. they continue with that. But I wonder if people were like, I know there are some reviews in print and things like that by critics who are like, oh, they said it's the final chapter, but you know it's not. You know another movie's coming out next year, blah, blah, blah. But this is so right. sounds so definitive. Halloween ends. I mean, I think you will definitely get another Halloween movie, but it will not be in the continuity of this trilogy. Yeah. Whatever no, we well, get. Next, I mean, yeah. If if the ending of this movie is any indication, yeah, we won't getting be getting any more Michael Myers in the David Gordon Green. Because he gets put in a car. Like, he gets put in a car uh, trash compartment. They like, grind turns cars him into cubes. <laughs> And I know we're jumping ahead, Peter, but my favorite, yeah. my absolute favorite portion of this movie is Lori nailing Michael Myers to her kitchen counter, him crucifying, crucifying him to the kitchen counter. Yeah. Yeah. In a very sassy religious pose, but uh, nailing him to it, him refusing to stay there. So she decides to bleed him out. She stabs a knife into his armpit and then turns it. Then she slits his throat. Then she slits his wrist after Allison breaks his arm. And he still refuses to die. Then she holds his hand as all the blood, literally all of the blood, drips out of his body. Then that's not enough. They gotta kill him again just to make sure. So they take his lifeless, bloodless body, put it on... <laughs> Strap it to the hood of a car. With police assistance. <laughs> they don't even put him on the on top of a police car. This is on top of Allison's car with the there, rickety exhaust. <laughs> there's literally a Main Street parade that happened. It's a pro- Who had they get everybody out there? Did they fucking the entire, send an email? Well, did, no, do you see? Like, there's like... They're driving down the street, and like three people get on their phone, and are like, "You can't really hear what they're saying." But they're like, "Yo, Michael Myers on top of the car." It's like you can't the, come outside. It's, it's like, like the texting gag from uh, Scott Pilgrim, where it's like social media, man. It's like yeah, it, that, it went viral. It did go viral, like, and the what's his name, uh, the old old guy who's friends with Lori. I forget his name. Oh. uh the 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 chief of police or sheriff or whatever yeah whatever his name is but he's like uh he's like yeah lori we we better do this right <laughs> they get yeah. a fucking police escort and this huge procession of cars through town and not only are they taking him to kill him again in the weirdest way possible they take him back to an active crime scene yes <laughs> they- <laughs> 
the fucking like dirt bike is still sitting there at the wrecking yard. What I love is like how they're about to do this, and like one of like just the regular like you know the patrol cops who's like like pretty young or younger cops is like, hey, this is not how we do things. And then all of a sudden, like that cop who has the big cowboy hat from the last two who hasn't been in this one at all pulls up and gets out of the car and says. It is how we do things tonight. <laughs> yeah, that was something out of like a Tyler Perry movie. Like that was so cartoonish and like yeah. wild. I was like, what the fuck? And like that whole scene also comes like like we're on a whole other trajectory with a story with Corey and Lori and Allison and Bori mm-hmm. and Montessori okay, yeah, so- and everybody else. And then all of the sudden Michael Myers is like, Hey, I'm back. So real we quick got for some those- business to take care of. Just for the people who decided to listen to this before they watched the movie, really quickly, this is the premise. Movie opens up with this kid, Corey, who's about to go off to college. He's doing some last-minute babysitting for, like, some friends of the family or something. While babysitting, he accidentally knocks the kid down the stairs, and the kid dies. He becomes, like, a pariah in the town. Some people say he did it on purpose, yada, yada, yada. Some uh, marching band bullies pick on him and throw him over an overpass. Another baffling choice. Yeah, um, where he gets dragged into a storm drain by Michael Myers. Michael Myers sees a kindred spirit into him and like imprints on him essentially, and he like absorbs some of the evil power of Michael Myers. He starts becoming a killer himself. He also starts dating Laurie Strode's granddaughter. Him and Michael end up, eventually end up teaming up to do murders together, like like a buddy cop movie. About it is a very <laughs> fascinating team up. It's so bizarre. How I want to know how they got from from Corey being in, just in the sewer for a little while and then trading souls or whatever to. Corey talking Michael. How did Corey get Michael to show up at the doctor's house with him? He must have been like, How the fuck did he do that? He's like, well, remember he had that motorcycle, right? So he probably just gave him a ride. That Well, the logistics of that makes sense. But how did he uh, present the idea to Michael? He's like, hey, I'm going to go killing. You want to go? And Michael just nods. Michael was like, (laughs) And then they go? I don't buy that for what the fuck? I don't know. I mean, in terms of this movie, like the whole mo- him on the motorcycle thing, like there was a scene where it's Corey riding the motorcycle and then it, like the camera pans up and then like, what's the granddaughter's name? Allison or Allison. something? Allison's on the backseat. And Francis leaned over to me and said, like, I thought it was going to be Michael Myers. <laughs> and I was like, that 100% would have been amazing. You yeah. Know, for them just cruising around. Corey like tries to high five Michael at some point and Michael just stares at the hand. Yeah. You know, it, I, 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 you know, that's what I love about this movie is that while, as I'm watching, as I think about it after the fact, I'm right, rewriting two versions of it. One that's much more serious and one that's much more ridiculous. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the movie's biggest flaw is I wish I had, it had gone more in one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, I would have preferred it to go like absolutely bonkers and insane over the top with some stuff like that because it felt like that's where it was heading at various right. points. And then it just kind of like, uh... I do like, I even still, I do like stuff that happens. You know, I like how Corey like kills himself and kind of makes it look like, it makes it look like Lori did it, you know? So Allison will be, uh, you know, like, furious with her yeah he Um, is very at odds with himself though in terms of the characterization because when it comes to allison like he's very sweet right he's like very like seems very devoted and not even in like a unhealthy like smothering way it seems pretty unhealthy and smothering to me they've been dating for two weeks and he's like let's get out of this town well she's receptive to it but yeah their initial attraction is baffling to me because there is seemingly they just look at each other and she's like, oh, you're a human man. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, this movie to me, in a lot of ways, it feels like in terms of like stuff like that, where it's just like where the last movie is all over the place. Halloween kills is all over the place in the sense that it has like 25 different plots and it seems like it's 19 different movies. This movie has one pretty consistent plot. It, doesn't it seems all pretty like much the same tone ish overall but it's just like it's from point a to point b is sometimes just like what 
it feels like an adult wrote down the plot of a movie, like a little, like ten, like ten page, like synopsis, beat for beat, right? Then handed that to a fourteen-year-old boy and said, "Write me a hundred and twenty-two-page screenplay," and he goes, "I'm on it." Yeah, and to your point, this movie had four writers in That's total. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, four writers. And I think the first one in this trilogy, it was just Gordo and McBride. Danny McBride, yeah. Yeah. So I think well, yeah, that's kind of a big clue about how we got we got to this point. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. And I watch so many movies that are just kind of like, eh, you know, like they're not particularly good. They're not particularly bad, you know, or maybe they're even pretty good. But I like once it's over and I never think about them again. No, the the non-reaction is the worst. Like, yeah, you know, a forgettable sort of flat experience. Right. And I'll give I'll give the last two movies in this series credit, regardless of whether I liked everything they did, like. It was a hell of a watch. Yeah, and so was this one. And I had a good time. Like, in terms of Halloween movies that I am likely to rewatch with frequency, you know, I mean, obviously, I've only seen this one once so far. I'll have to watch it again before it, like, starts to, like, really sink in, like, you know, where I put it in placing of rankings or whatever, or just how... But just in terms of, like, I have the feeling that this will be one that I'll, I'll want to watch more frequently than a lot of others, you know? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I've seen it twice now, and I'm not sure if I'll watch the full movie <laughs> again. Uh-huh. But there's definitely scenes that uh, I loved, and I will want to watch again. My that- one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, one of my favorites. Corey and Michael fighting in the sewer. Corey goes back into the sewer to see Michael and take his mask, and the fight between them is. The goofiest, silliest, dumbest thing I have seen. And it reminded me, I, th- I think it shot almost exactly the same as the parking lot fight scene in Fight Club. When huh. Ed, Ed Norton is thinks that he's fighting Brad Pitt, but he's just fighting himself. And so yeah. for a second there, I was like, oh, Corey just keeps going into the sewer and like huffing fumes. Michael Myers isn't really there. Right, right. He just found the mask and the knife or something and whatever. Or maybe he found Michael Myers dead in there and was imagining that he was still alive. Mm-hmm. But that fight scene where he takes the mask and just leaves him there, like being an old man, uh, yeah. I could not stop laughing. Yeah. Pure hilarity. Oh, there are so many scenes in this movie that I, when I watching the theater, that I laughed out loud like for an extended period of time that were not supposed to be funny, you know? Uh, to the point where I was like, am I disrupting the audience by laughing this much? Like, yeah. are they mad at me? Um, and then there was parts, too, where, like, everybody was laughing at something. Oh, good. <laughs> it, was, it was not the intent. It was fun. It was not boring. It was, And it's honestly, it's a very good-looking movie. It's very atmospheric. You think so? Yeah, I think it looks great. I didn't think it looked very good at all. Really, I thought I really liked. I really liked. Really liked it uh, visually. Yeah, I thought by comparison to the last two, it was kind of missing a lot of like very cool and interesting shots. There was one really great shot of Michael in the sewer in the background when that uh, the cop mm-hmm. uh, goes in there looking for Corey, and Michael's just sort of in the background, and they don't. There's no stinger. There's no music. There's no nothing. He's just sort of there, and it's kind of a blink and you'll miss it thing, but it's very cool. Yes. Uh, yeah, I thought this one looked a lot better than the last one, actually. I thought the last huh. one, Halloween Kills, I think at times looked really good, and then at other times looked like an episode of like CSI or something. Yeah. Um, yeah I went back really... and watched the, the 1978 flashback. Mm-hmm. It still does not look good. I don't care what anybody mm-hmm. says. It looks like a fan film. It co- a really I... good one. A very yes. well done fan film, but yes. it, nonetheless, it looks like a fan film. I like the I like the that segment. I think the makeup on Dr. Loomis is very good. I watched it specifically for that to show yeah. someone that, right? I'll be damned if that moment is a fraction 
of what I thought it was the first time I saw that movie. Really? I thought yeah. that shot, or, or there was like multiple shots, or like a much closer, longer shot. It's there for a second. I could not believe did, how fast it goes by. <laughs> yeah, I was I like, mean, "Wait, did you did you see? Did you see the makeup? Did you see?" As the opening scene of like that was that the very opening scene of that movie? No, but it's oh right, they have the little like the opening is the the sheriff boy, and boyfriend the, character, yeah, finding yeah. the sheriff with his neck bleeding out. Right. So, but then we then we go right into that flashback scene. Yeah, that scene was like when I saw it. In the, oh, I didn't see that one in the theater. When I saw that though for the first time. My like instant gut reaction was, oh, they have taken like a deleted scene from the first one or the second one, and then edited it into this new stuff because it looked so much like Donald Pleasant. And yeah, he's in the distance and whatnot. But I was just like, oh no, that's Donald Pleasant. How did they do this scene? Because I it was it was not CGI for sure, you know, and whatnot. But yeah, I think that scene does. I really like what happens in that flashback scene, but visually it does look like kind of a fan film. No, I don't. Th- I don't get any fan film from Halloween Ends, except in plot, story, dialogue, yeah, direction, characterization. Direction. <laughs> but the cinematography music. is top notch. Oh, the music is really good too. No, the music is stupid. It's you don't like the music in this one? No, the John Carpenter music actually is fucking unbelievable. But the yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. No, the like the song choices or oh no 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 yeah I was talking about the the, the score itself. Um, also, all these traumatized characters just showing up randomly in public places that are like populated. Yeah. Like the the mom of the boy who is uh, drop kicked off the banister. Right. You're you're expecting me to buy that she is on Halloween night the anniversary of when her son died she is in a crowded rowdy bar with a bunch of people in costumes no fucking way she's at the fucking loser bar on the edge of town with like one other sad sack in it there's no fucking way i don't buy that actually i don't buy that character and the dad goes to the same bar like during the week no No, that's that's definitely like kind of like it's the vibe that it's the neighborhood bar you know that like maybe a lot of people go to but i don't buy either of those characters at that bar no because they're like the more like the the, they were definitely portrayed as the more affluent you know family in town and uh uh, they're they're she's drinking chardonnay you know in her bathtub that's how she's spending that night the idea of them having an encounter obviously narratively makes sense but I did think that was a little odd no. that they were hanging out there. Same well. with the Lori's neighbors standing outside the fucking grocery yeah. mart waiting for her to be like, hey, remember when you got my fucking mom stabbed in the neck and her husband killed you piece of shit? That was mm-hmm. four years ago. We're still mad about it. You yeah. can't go grocery shopping. <laughs> what? I mean, I I can see that, but also but maybe like there should have been Not one of those there, scenes. Not there, though. Not there. Right. But Come on. One of those scenes, but like... Somewhere there else. There shouldn't have... There shouldn't have been four of those scenes, you know? Uh, Maybe bumping into them at the post office. But for them to be just parked outside the grocery store like that, like they knew she would, she fucking buys her I mean, produce on goddamn Wednesdays. I, I run into people at the grocery store quite a bit. But they didn't run into each other. They were sitting there waiting. Were they? I thought they were loading in groceries. It looked getting... like they were waiting to me. Oh, I thought they were just in the parking lot. No, wait, they're think... standing there staring at her. I didn't get the f- idea that it was a, a sting operation. It definitely was. How about, though, that same scene a few minutes earlier, the uh, the sheriff? So he, has he completed his character arc of, of apparently coming down with dementia? Because what's going on with him all of a sudden? At the very end, it seems like it, because he's wearing an oversized jacket and his hair, like he hasn't yeah. gotten a haircut. Yeah. He's all messed up. And all he's like, let's place. go to Japan. Do you want to go to Japan? <laughs> yeah. We'll get, we'll, ever... get blood, we'll get blood clots on the flight over. It'll be awesome. We're... I never thought it was the intention that he was supposed to have dementia, but I was just like, why is he acting like he has dementia? And why is he ridden, th- ridden this way, you know? Yeah. And it's just all goofy and weird and like... Yeah, he constantly disheveled, seems to be lost all the time. And then when he calls, at the end, when he calls Allison, he goes like, Allison, where are you? We're responding to your call of your mom. Like she just, or your grandma, she just had a suicide call or something. It's yeah. like, like, that's not how you would do this. You wouldn't, you would just go to the scene. You wouldn't call the granddaughter and be like, 
yeah hey what's going we're, on are you yeah home? <laughs> it was it was literally just a way to get like her back in the same place you know uh or he had a dimension and didn't know who he was calling and what he was doing i don't know that part was that, all that was really weird um but it added to the whole like bonkers tone i don't know it did it was a crazy crazy movie what happened to everybody where's all Let's the see. people from the last movie are they all dead? Like, they're all well. That's actually something I did not remember. Was Tommy Doyle killed in the last one? I don't remember. Did he get killed in that fight? Like when the whole town is trying to kill Michael Myers? Did he die along with uh, Sheriff Brackett and everybody? Maybe. I mean, like, I don't remember. It must be because otherwise, I figured like he would at least be mentioned in this one. Yeah, Lonnie Lamb got killed in the house. Mm-hmm. So he's dead, and then. Well, God, one of my favorite things, the fact that Lori's daughter, they made, they seem like the death of her daughter was so significant at the end of Halloween Kills, and then it yeah. gets breezed over with a voiceover at oh, the yeah. beginning. What? That's it? it There's nothing yeah. else to say about it? Hey, it's been four years. You know, Lori's making pies now. That doesn't make you know? any sense either. Let me put this yeah. in perspective from a from a, a, a trauma angle here her friends were murdered and she was the subject of a assault and attempted murder by a serial killer when she was a teenager that fucked her up for like 40 years her daughter and his husband and half the town was murdered some of her friends included again and in four years she's like mm, i bought a house and i'm a writer now and i like to bake and I'm just, everything's fine, and I'm working through it. You know, I'm very healthy now, and I stopped the drinking. And No. No you way. Know, no I way, pal. Here's the thing. I could have bought that in a particular context, and here's how. Because people cope with trauma in radically different ways, and they cope with drama to drama in radically different ways. I can see this last one being her second traumatization, from the 2008 2018 timeline of events from from new halloween to halloween kills as being so traumatic that she's now gone full circle to the other direction and the way i could have bought that is with a simple line in the movie if someone had just said to her you know just pretending like you're not hurt anymore doesn't mean that you're not just pretending that you're okay doesn't mean that you're not still traumatized that line would have Something to that effect would have contextualized everything that was happening with her and not made it seem like just kind of like, oh, I'm all better now. I just decided to be better. Or give her some medication that she stops taking at some point right. in this movie so that she sort of reverts back to her anxiety-ridden, you know, manic self, right? Like give, give some kind of a signifier or something. Like, I don't know. It was a It was a bit much to to sink my teeth into oh absolutely um i do i think it's interesting though the 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 decision to continue this theme of you know the boogeyman is an idea and it's created by people who allow it to to have power and the right. idea of like fear and evil sort of spreading like a virus and like affecting people on a bigger scale it's very ambitious yeah, like I said, this movie takes a huge swing. I think all, not so much the first one, I don't, like the 2018 one. I think that one's like a pretty like straight ahead uh, movie that like doesn't always work 100%, but it's like, you know, it's there. It's like it all makes sense. Kills and, and Ends both take huge swings. And I think with various degrees of success, I definitely think I enjoyed ends more than I enjoyed kills. I mean, I know that I did um, in the sense that like it took an even bigger swing, but seemed a little bit more concise at the same time and a little bit more. I'm not, you know, it's not, it's still all over the place to me. That's more, uh, I prefer that even when it misses more than just kind of like, let's just rehash what we've done over and over and over and over again, even when it comes out silly. You know, you just said Halloween 6 is looking pretty good. Like, well, you know why? It's because it's not just doing the first Halloween for the fifth time, you know? 
Yeah, it had a lot of fun stuff in it. But I think there are some folks who made the point of because of the expectation of a, a satisfying finale, the placement of something like this maybe wasn't the best as the third movie in a trilogy. And I think that's right. a fair point. I think it could have been, it could have been, you know, part of the first movie, sort of kicking yeah. off something in the middle, uh, yeah. and leading to maybe a more satisfying conclusion. But you know, whatever, honestly, you don't always get uh, get things working the way you want. I mean, we talk about that so often with all these nutty sequels like Alien Covenant and right, whatever else. But you don't always get exactly what you want or maybe what you think should happen. But you know, these things are as they are and you can go back and watch the the satisfying ones anytime you want but this is what it is so you have to judge it on that merit i guess and one last little tiny little tidbit thing of something i really did like about this movie in comparison to 2018 and halloween kills is that they only refer to michael as the boogeyman like three times which it got very tiresome in those previous two movies how they Every character kept referring to him as the boogeyman. Yeah. Over and over. Characters who wouldn't even think would have any reason to say that at all, you know? Like, there's like, oh, the boogeyman, the boogeyman, the boogeyman. And they weren't chanting evils dies tonight for 20 minutes straight uh, like they were in kills. Like, it had, a, it had much less of that crap in it. And I did a, appreciate that. Yeah. And it's funny that people get so fixated on that that particular line but the in the first halloween the way that's set up is because the kid is obsessed with the idea of the boogeyman right Right. she's addressing uh laurie as the babysitter addresses his childhood fear explaining that the boogeyman's not real and blah 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 and then in the climax you get the kid saying you can't kill the boogeyman and you know the kid has sort of proved right that there is a boogeyman Mm -hmm. and uh you know, Lori's kind of iconic line at the end of like, was that the boogeyman? Because she's so fucking like, you can't like cope with what she's seen and experienced, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it kind of like in these, in these newer movies, I can see Lori still referring to him as the boogeyman, but no one else is going to be doing that. No, You know, at least not to, and definitely not to the extent which happens. Like I felt it was the proper amount in this new movie. I was like, I was satisfied and content with the number of times they did or did not say boogeyman. My final thought on Halloween ends is I want to see justice for Carl. Carl Winslow? No, the the mechanic the mechanic shop owner. He's dead. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, absolutely. He got shot in the brain with a gun. He was just sitting in his office watching, watching Hard Target on a laptop because <laughs> he hates his well, wife. <laughs> okay, that's something I was actually genuinely like confused by. I did not think there was any like familial relationship between Carl and uh, Corey in, in their introductory scene together. Because he's all like, oh, you're late for work again. Here, take this motorcycle. You can have it so you won't be late anymore. And then two scenes later, he's eating dinner with Corey and Corey's mom. And I'm like, what? And it's like, is this... His? I was like, oh... Maybe this is just like his mom is dating Carl, and that's why he gave Corey the job. But they doesn't—they don't live together. And I was like watching. I was like, "No, they live together. Is that his real dad? And if so, why wasn't he just giving him a ride to work every morning since they had to be there at the same time?" Yeah, that's super weird. I think it is a yeah, like either a stepdad or boyfriend type scenario. Yeah, not the original dad. No, but he feels trapped. You yeah, know, you get the sense he feels trapped by that overbearing uh, lady. He was the one person in the movie who I was bummed out they got killed. Yeah, it was cool that there was a balance, like because everyone in Haddonfield feels like a pile of dog shit, right? Everyone yes. is awful and insufferable and the the dirt worst of humanity. But you get this one guy who's like, you know, Corey's a good kid. I give him a job. I give him this dirt bike, even though he's late all the time. Like, you know, it's someone just being kind to him. And you kind of get, it's funny that Lori's little interaction with Corey is, goes from being kind to him and having a soft spot for him to immediately writing him off and being like, nope, he's pure evil. He's got the same eyes as Michael Myers. I saw it. 
He's, yeah, he's, it's a he's very a dramatic shift. Don't like him. Can't can't date my granddaughter. Now I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> did you like that they they did like the movie trope that like once he becomes bad, he becomes cool as well and doesn't need glasses anymore. Yeah, and his hand starts healing like inexplicably. Yeah, that was a little. That stuff was a little weird, and I know that some of it is in his head. Like it's mm-hmm. not like oh he's all of a sudden like we watched it heal in real time or anything, but it still is like mm. there is a lot of like the the Christine parallels are not subtle at all. No, not at all. I mean, he works in a fucking mechanic shop. And then there's an awesome you know? like pull quote of John Carpenter. He's like, oh, I loved what they did with this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I did enjoy the all the wrecking yard kills. I thought that yeah. that scene was with Corey as Michael Myers in the mask was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. He runs over the the band geek that was actually, you know, kind of had some compassion and some regret over how they treated him. Like just plows plows into them as they're clinging to the fence and then stomps their brains in. And then the the acetylene torch business was that was actually a very impressive like artful yeah kill. You know, that could have been, they, that could have gone a million ways. And that was, I thought that was very well done. Yeah, I think I think most of the kills in the movie were, were pretty uh, successful in terms of how they were uh, executed. I think that record player, the turntable with the tongue business mm-hmm. was, uh, holy cow, that was pretty wild and wacky. Yeah, that it felt that one kind of did feel a little out of place, but it was like in and of in in a vacuum. Yeah, it was pretty good. Do you think this was a good Halloween movie? Okay, do you mean in the sense that is it a good Michael Myers Halloween movie, or is it a good movie to watch around Halloween time? Well, to answer your first question, no, because that's pretty obvious that it's not overall. So a good movie to watch around Halloween. Yeah, is this a as as far as like a seasonal offering with Halloween vibes? Is yes, it? Yes, I think, think so? it is. I think so. It, it it makes it has enough things in it, not just like in terms of like oh it's fall, but just things that seem very Halloweeny to me, like the storm drain stuff, and um, the atmosphere and. The, the just you know being almost entirely done at night i think it works in those regards very well i actually i don't think it's a very good halloween movie hmm i don't think it has the vibes i don't think i think the the all the halloween stuff at the bar is fucking stupid the dancing and all that the dancing is very bizarre i love that allison's first idea is i'm going to fix you uh lonely sad traumatized ex-con by giving you alcohol that should snap you out of your funk yeah real quick and whoa it turns out uh, things don't go well crazy who would have thought he just didn't drink enough alcohol she's enough works in a medical profession too what the fuck is she doing well, this is why she didn't get that promotion. Oh my! She tries well, to blame it on the, the boss. Reasons. She tries to blame it on the boss being a jerk and sleeping with the other nurse. Yeah, it's really just because she wasn't cut out for it. Mm-hmm. She had no idea what she was doing. She probably wasn't even. She probably didn't even graduate nursing school. Probably not. It's probably a two-year program at a yeah. at a trade school or something. What's your final verdict on Halloween ends? Yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. When we look at all these Halloween movies and we go back on them, a lot of times it's like individual movies are not always necessarily that great. And sometimes it's a collective vibe, you know, because it's like fucking Halloween five is terrible. It's just dull beyond belief. You know, it has some weird shit in it. Cool, whatever. But I do not want to watch that movie. Halloween two is great. Halloween three is amazing, but it's a, it's it's its own thing. It's it's separated from these Michael Myers movies. I I enjoy four. Six is crazy and weird. And then you get and start getting into this other stuff, and it's just it's just so much rehashing going on. And then I love how was, you're like after six, you start getting into all this other stuff. <laughs> 
no, I mean, like, I'm saying, like, it's been already been rehashed, and now we're just going back and rehashing again. No, it is. On, and that's literally my, like, I like 2018, but that was my biggest criticism of it, is that it was just kind of rehashing stuff, you know, like. So the screenwriters transferred their spirit into you in the, the same way Michael Myers transferred something into Corey. Correct. Pretty wild. And, so my assumption, I want to hear yours, but my, my guess is that you're just not going to recommend or unrecommend it. I think I think everyone should watch every Halloween movie. I think everyone should watch almost every movie that exists because you never know which one you're going to like. It's sometimes movies will really like surprise you and like sure, give you that... something that you didn't know you needed. That yeah, movie did a... did not do that for me, but I will sure. say just to circle back to my initial point, the procession of Michael Myers to the junkyard and getting thrown into the fucking meat grinder. I don't know that there's anything more satisfying than that. As far as a finale, how we got Mm -hmm. there is arguable, but that moment where he gets all squished up into a bloody pulp is, I mean, that's it. And oddly, and oddly fucking music. And that's oddly not gratuitous either. No. It was strangely on par, especially after watching Lori slowly bleed him out like a fucking... That felt way more gratuitous. No, I was, like, really upset by that. I'm not not the bleeding out part so much, but, like, the, uh, like, just their fight seemed like when he's, like, ripping his hand through the knife and has a half-mangled hand. Yeah. You know, like... When he puts her hand into the garbage disposal... Yeah, that stuff felt more gratuitous than actually a, like watching a whole person get like sucked into a metal grinder yeah. somehow. And then the news report that followed that, oh my God, that was one of my, uh, that was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. In all likelihood, there, of course, will be another Halloween movie. Two, three, four, five. I'm ready to get back to basics with the Halloween. Now, when you say <laughs> basics... Like, that's my question. Like, where, like, not necessarily what the plot is, but just like tonally, where do you think, uh, how do you, how do you successfully make yet another Halloween movie? No, there's no way. There's nothing left to be done. They have done it all. They have rehashed it. They have rebooted it. They have prequeled it. They've done all of this goofy shit and uh, they've remade it. And uh, there's nothing. There's nothing else to do. I think there is literally one way in, in which you could potentially make a compelling new Halloween movie. No. What, they they bring back Michael Myers in the future from some old DNA from a crime scene and make up like a park full of Michael Myerses? Okay, I just want you to know that I already have this idea patent pending. <laughs> Just because you said it on air before me doesn't mean I haven't already written my fan script and mailed it to Bloomhouse. Is it what's the the titular line going to be? Is it uh, is it welcome to my Grassic Park? Park? Yeah, my Grassic is the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I do serial think killer DNA. <laughs> <laughs> I do think the only way you could potentially make something like this is you would have to like start completely from scratch so to speak we don't necessarily even need like laurie strode's character in it and we don't need a remake with laurie strode in it but it has to be independent from any other movie that's come out and i think it instantly has to to lean into the supernatural aspect of it like right out of the gates john carpenter kind of he put in some of that stuff about like you know, Michael Myers running, you know, breaking into the classroom, writing Salwin on the board and whatnot. And a lot of that came from the novelization of the first Halloween, where it's something like Michael is the, is, was possessed by the spirit of some like 10,000 year old Celtic demon or something like that. I don't know. But if you start out, if, if it's basically a Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers, if it's that right out of the gates, where it's all about the occult and supernatural and him being more of this kind of possessed golem rather than just a human that is the embodiment of evil. I think you could do something with that, but it'd have to take some like radical turns from the franchise. 
Well, the the next leap there is taking away the the look, right? You can't just have someone getting the Michael Myers mask every fucking time and a pair of like dirty coveralls. Like that's right. not gonna do it. But that's also the franchise. That's the branding. That's the recognizability. So like, right? I have no idea, honestly. I'll, whatever they put out, I'm gonna fucking watch it because it's well, too late. Sure, it's yeah. too late for me to turn back now. <laughs> yeah, we've already committed. <laughs> yeah, I have seen them all. I've seen yeah. every single goddamn one. So, I don't know. I don't know what what else can be done, but well, well I guess we'll have to wait and see because it's gonna happen. I don't think they're going to need Michael Myers. I think all this uh, Terrifier hype and bullshit is going to bring back clowns and clowns. Oh, you're talking about Terrifier? Yeah, didn't I say Terrifier? Oh, you might have. I just didn't catch it. Yeah, this Terrifier 2 hype is, man, this is like back in the old days with the fucking panic around horror movies. I feel like it's that's going to die. That's going to, the one's going to like die out and self-cannibalize itself very quickly. We'll see. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think that's one. That's one for the long haul. I think they've already greenlit two more Terrifier sequels, without All question. All right, we'll see. Yeah, I'll put. Right. I'll put a. I'll put a saw buck on that. Okay. What is that? We'll like, see. Is that twenty dollars? I don't sure. know. I don't know gambling. I have term. no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think we're gonna get more Michael Myers movies. I don't think Terrifier. If anything, Terrifier would be replacing uh, Pennywise or something, which that's not like a really a. We've had a handful of, uh, I guess we've had three Pennywise movies, but he's not a, he's not necessarily a franchise character per se, you know. No, but speaking of Pennywise, there is a franchise character played by the same man. He goes by the name of Keith, and he's in a movie called Barbarian, which is available to stream now on HBO. Oh yeah! Do yourself a favor and give that movie a watch. Well, yeah, that movie is 100%. If you have not seen, stop what you're doing and just watch that one. Yeah. That's the big recommendation from this, there we go. this Trashoween. All right. Well, I guess we'll be done with this until next year. Not the show, just... Uh, yeah, everybody have a safe and fun Trashoween. Make sure you follow the rules. Keep those jack-o'-lanterns lit. Always check your candy and uh, wear a costume, I think. Those are the rules, right? You like that, yeah. You know, you, yeah. you made a video about the rules. How come you don't know? Uh, well, you know, it's uh, uh, bright reflective clothing. Protect yourself against... No, that's against... safety. That's Halloween safety. I'm talking about the Halloween rules. Did I, I didn't make a, movie about, uh, a video about Halloween rules. I made a video about Halloween safety. Oh, but didn't you have the fucking the rules little uh film from trick or treat in there no no okay maybe i'm thinking of something else no check your candy wear bright reflective clothing protect yourself from uh make sure you're well armed against roving gangs of teenagers and uh perform a satanic protection ritual if you find it necessary yeah always carry the proper runes with you and yes prepare for a blood sacrifice that's it Happy Trashoween. We're done. We're going to go away. Keith, what do you always say? You can't kill the boogeyman. And until next time, the dumpster is closed. (laughs) Show's over. Everybody go back to doing what you were doing.